Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 934. I just want to tell people how easy it is to have their own project car. You know, it doesn't need to be an expensive, um, brand new sports car or whatever. Any car could be a project car. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to be in Los Angeles today with a very special guest, Larry Chen. Larry, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Strapped in and ready to go, for sure. All right. Love it. Larry Chen is an automotive photographer in Los Angeles, California. No doubt you've seen his work on the cover of Hot Rod Magazine and online at speedhunters.com. Larry has a knack for focusing in on the essence of what makes a particular car compelling and on documenting car culture at the pavement level. He's been an avid participant in driving events from autocross to track days, but it is capturing automobiles that drives his passion. He travels the world to document car culture, and for a while, his focus was on shooting celebrities as he ventured into the crazy world of paparazzi. But today, Larry is a Speed Hunter senior editor, a contributor to Hot Rod Magazine. He's the Pikes Peak Hill Climb and Formula Drift official photographer, and he works closely with Ken Block, Hoonigan's Racing. So, Larry, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and your passion for photographing automobiles? Thanks for having me on, Mark. You're welcome. It's one of those things like uh, I always say this job just shouldn't exist. My job, <laughs> I just never would have imagined that I could do this for a living, you know, and and actually get paid for it, enjoy my life, enjoy cars, and uh, play with cars. It's it's just crazy to me. And uh, I, I guess I'm lucky. that Basically, my job is I travel the world, as you said, taking pictures of cars, car culture, and the people surrounding car culture as yeah. well. You know, like, so I do follow athletes like Ken Block, BJ Baldwin, you know, Vaughn Jr., drifters, and but also I follow racing any kind of racing like stage rally rally cross you know like sports car racing anything mm-hmm. and everything that's cool i feel like for for our audience whether it be you know hot rod magazine roadkill magazine speed hunters or the hoonigan audience i just go out there and shoot and i try to like keep my camera with me at all times i try to shoot a little bit every day of car culture whether locally in Los Angeles or if I'm just traveling for another job, I'll maybe spend a couple extra days there and then shoot more, find some actual car culture, or I'll kind of call ahead of time and see, hey, what other things can I shoot if I'm going to the East Coast for a job or if I'm going to Europe or if I'm going to Japan? I'm always trying to you know, get the most bang for the buck, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, You figured out the secret sauce to life, my young friend, and that is find your passion and wrap a career around it. And I think you said it well at the beginning. Sometimes you have to pinch yourself to realize, wow, I get to do this. I get paid for it. Everybody should have a life like this. And what I love about Larry's photography to our listeners out there is 
he focuses on the culture as well. A lot of people go and just shoot cars, but he integrates people, details of cars, the atmosphere. I mean, you can smell the smoke and the clutch burning when you're watching, or I should say, when you're looking at many of his photographs. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has some meaning for you that drives your passion. It's a nice way to get the uh, shutter clicking or the inspirational tires turning, as I like to say here on Cars Yeah. So Larry, take the wheel. For me, uh, anytime anyone really asks me, you know, like for a piece of advice on how to improve their photography, I just say, hey, get off the couch. (laughs) Get off the couch and get yourself in front of something cool. You know, you can't shoot cars and car culture from your couch. You actually have to get out, you know, go to your local cars and coffee, go to uh, uh, check out a local race, whether it be circle track or it could just be even like a local club day autocross or whatever. A lot of people ask me, hey, I can't, you know, get media passes for this race or this race or this race. It doesn't matter. There's just so many things like now with social media, there's more car events than you could possibly go. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. it's great advice. It's like, get up and do it. Like the Nike quote, just do it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's great advice to tell people because sometimes people sit back in life and they go, how come nothing's happening to me? And I always say, well, what are you doing about it? Because it's not going to come to you, pal. You got to get out there and grab it and take it. Well, Let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back at your life when you realize you were indeed another one of us car guys? I think this is a easy one. Just started when I was hanging out with my friends and we played a game where whenever you see a car on the road, if we're driving or if we're riding with our parents, we would just spot cars and then just try to name them, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I was never really good at that because I just didn't get to grow up around cars, um, even though my dad liked to work on cars and he liked just playing with cars. But I, I feel like that wasn't by choice. He, he was a little frugal and he wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, fix his own cars. But um, my friends, for some reason, they all knew all of the cars. And I'm like, how is that even possible? There's so many cars out there. Uh, <laughs> how could you know which model and what year or whatever? So I kind of tried to do that too. You know, I, I kind of tried to just mimic what my friends are doing. And eventually we all got into remote control cars. And then oh, yeah. basically any dime that we would save, I mean, I would, we would all skip lunch and save our money just to buy remote control car parts you know wow. and of course that that evolved you know into getting real cars you know once we started getting real cars it was like the smallest things that we could do to modify our cars or even just like getting new spark plugs or getting new this or whatever just excited all of us you know yeah. as a group and it pretty much it's the same story with most car guys, right? Like, or gals, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone just falls in love with uh, tinkering with their own machine. You know, it's like that whole freedom. You know, once you get your car, you can go anywhere, anytime. And it's it's like your thing. First piece of freedom. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful time, that's for sure. Especially uh, living in Southern California. I grew up down there and 
Nothing like jumping on the coast highway and driving along the ocean and smelling the fresh air and uh, just kind of feeling free. So it's a wonderful thing. Well, Larry, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. Now, you've chosen the life of an entrepreneur. That can be a roller coaster ride. It, it has some challenges and even some great failures that we face along the way. Of course, these things teach us very valuable lessons. So take us to one of yours, walk us through that painful time, and help us understand how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you moved forward? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think the challenge for me when I was first starting out was just setting up those little goals. You know, for, for me, it, it was tough to meet those initial goals. I've, I've said it before where I didn't actually realize that this was like job that was possible. So just being able to cover my costs initially when I first started shooting was kind of a big deal for me, you know, but for many, many years, I would have to supplement my income, you know, with my real job, which was shooting celebrities or or whatever. Um, And I was just kind of pouring my money into this, you know, so like, I would set goals like, hey, this year, I'll make I'll try to cover these this many events or mm-hmm. this year I'll maybe make just a little bit to, to kind of add pie or whatever. And eventually I set a goal for, Hey, let's try to make $10,000 just from a whole years of shooting, mm-hmm. you know? And for me coming from the outside, you know, I never went to college. I never went to uh, any professional photography school or anything. You know, I just kind of picked up a camera and started doing it. It was really hard because let's be real, 99% of people out there with cameras, they're not getting paid. They're just doing it for fun and they're okay with that. You know, right, they're, they're right. okay with enjoying cars and car culture just from behind the lens to make their own pictures, but not make a living from it, which is okay, you know, and that's the way I was for so many years. But once I set the goals, the ball started rolling. And then lucky for me, you know, the my pictures got in front of the right eyes as I always say, and it, it just helped, you know, it got the ball rolling. And then that that's how I uh, became this photography guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the key takeaway I get from your, you sharing that story is set goals. A lot of people just start doing things and think something will happen. And if you don't sit down and set goals, you can dream and wish all you want, but that's all they're going to be are dreams and wishes. You got to create goals mandates, set bars, set them higher. And no matter what they are, if it's 10000 a year, 100000 a year, set those levels and then write down how you're going to achieve that. And if you just sit around and hope things will happen, I have a quote for you. There is no hope in business. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other part of the spectrum here. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights illuminate a great path for you. You take that fork in the road and go down it and good things happen. So share one of your aha career moments. So in terms of a, a aha moment, I think one thing that really, I, I feel like it relates to cars. I always invite people to track days, but a lot of times people will say, no, I still have to get sway bars or I have to get new tires. I have to get brakes or whatever. You're, it's like, you're never ready for the track a lot <laughs> yeah. of times, right? I mean, I'm yeah. sure you get that same Oh, you know, if you if you ask your cars or if you ask your friends to bring out their cars for a cruise or whatever, they're like, oh, I got to, uh, you know, get new headlights or new this or new wheels or whatever. It, it's you're never ready, you know. So right. the way I'm relating it to photography is 
a lot of times I'm not ready for the shoot. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about it is you can learn as you go. Plus, you can learn on someone else's dime. You know, mm -hmm. like for me, car photography is all about experience. You know, that, that I kind of bring that from the paparazzi side, which is, you know, you, you just the more hours you put into it, the more experience you have, the more people, you know, like in terms of like uh, valet people, you know, hosts at restaurants or or um, just just PR people in general in the yeah. world. Once you get into the car world, it's kind of the same thing. You know, the more experience you have in terms of lighting and location and, you know, the shape of certain cars and uh, certain colors of cars that are more difficult to photograph than others. And there's just so many variables, you know, it's unlimited. For me, learning on the go and learning on someone else's dime is such a big deal, like, I'm learning every day, you know, every shoot I go on, I'm learning a new thing. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to go out there and actually shoot. If you think you're not going to be able to do a good job, then you're not going to do a good job, you know? So for me, right. you go out there, just shoot as much as you can, and then cut it down later, and yeah. you'll end up with something good. I oh, absolutely. It relates back to your comments about get off the couch and go out and just do it. And you know, you brought up a really good point, and I'll share another quote that I love about people who always have a reason, or I like to say excuse, for not doing things. Excuses are simply lies you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. yep. And if you say, I can't because of this, you're right, you can't. But you know what? If you say, I can despite of this, you know what? You can. You can get out there and do it. So oh, yeah. another great uh, golden nugget you dropped for us there, Larry. I appreciate that. Now, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had a lot of things happen with you, things you've done that have made you feel really good about what you're producing. Is there one that stands out you would share? The one that stands out for me was shooting the cover for the Hot Rod 65th anniversary so currently on newsstands right now is um, my cover for Hot Rod, where it's um, it's for, it's coverage from Drag Week 2017. It's the two Drag Week winners, first and second place. It's um, sitting right here on my desk, by oh, the way. Awesome. Nice awesome. job, nice job. <laughs> Very cool. But anyways, that that that's my most recent cover. But for me, the cover that really gave me that feeling, you know, that just that proud moment to be able to walk in any store any walmart or any newsstand and see that cover and with such a special issue by the way too it really made me proud to just be a part of that you know because for me i think that's the greatest car culture book still in print today been around a long time since that first one mr peterson put out back in the 50s or was it the 40s i'm trying to Remember here, yeah. And well, so we're coming on the 70th anniversary. Okay, cover, so I, yeah. I mean, hopefully I get to do that. But um, <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, like for me, I didn't get to start in the print world. So I, I started shooting with uh, film, but for the longest time, I was just publishing online. You know, to be able to make that transition to print was a big deal for me, which it's funny because a lot of most other photographers transition from print to web, right? Right. So, so, yeah. I mean, of course, I'm doing a lot of web still, but doing print, just that visceral feeling, being able to, like, you know, actually hold it and, and um, oh, yeah. gift it to someone or frame it up. 
it's it's really a big deal for me. So, for example, that cover, the 65th anniversary with uh, Vic Edelbrock's 32 Ford at El Mirage, I have that on my wall, and I you know I see it every day when I pass by, and I'm like, yep, yeah, that's that's it. That's like, yeah. I mean, it's not the 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 top, but like for me, it was one of the best moments. Well, congratulations for uh, grabbing that and doing a great job with that. Yeah, definitely is uh, is exciting because you travel the world and you go to newsstands and airports or wherever and you go, I shot that. I was there. I made that happen. So, yeah, makes you yeah, feel I, pretty darn good. I mean, like I, I go to bookstores in Japan. There's Hot Rod Magazine. You know, I go yeah. big bookstores in Europe where they have American magazines. There's Hot Rod Magazine. And it, it's just it's just such a proud thing for me. As it should be. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car. The first car that you got that had great meaning for you and maybe share a memory about that vehicle with us. So my first really special car is, and I still have that car, is a 1970 240Z. Cool. And um, I have number 2868. <laughs> okay. And um, I, I was looking for the car for a while, um, and I... You know, traveled far and wide, I guess, looking for this car back then. And uh, it wasn't so popular back then. And in fact, I only bought it for $3,000, if, if you can imagine that. Now I'm I'm looking for like another one. And they're just so crazy in terms of oh, price. Yeah. Like, yep. Especially um, Peter Brock just building his silver BRE. Oh, that's a beautiful car. Oh my too. god, what a what a beautiful car. Actually my buddy um helped Peter build it, Brian Oldfield, who actually yeah. worked for my car. Brian's too. the guy that connected us. Yeah, uh, no yeah. Brian, so shout out to Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was looking for the car. I I found it and then it's this guy, he's eighty years old, and they've had that car in their family since it was new, you know. Wow. So so he looked at me and he's like, I've owned this car. For almost double your life, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so then, at the time, I was twenty years old, and then uh, he's like, "Yeah, okay, all right, I'll sell you the car." You know, and um, I bought the car, took it out first drive. I uh, I just turned twenty one that day. It was my twenty first birthday. Took the car out, ran out of gas. Uh oh. Yeah the the gas gauge actually didn't work, so I ran out of gas. Literally like two blocks away from a gas station, but oh. the, the, the kicker was I had to stop, of course, um, right in front of a fire hydrant on a in a fire lane. Uh oh, couldn't even walk to get gas, you know. So I had to call AAA to get me gas. So that's kind of how I named the car. I, I didn't know it was running out of gas. It just made these popping and banging noises. I thought it was just something wrong with the car. You know, I bought this dud yeah. for three thousand dollars. And for a 21-year-old, $3,000 was a lot of money. Oh, you know? of course. Of <laughs> so, course. Yeah. And it's orange. So I, I basically named it Orange Bang after <laughs> after the, the drink Yep, that is Orange Bang, you know, part yeah. the Orange Bang. But also it's orange and then it makes banging noises. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I still have that car. I'm never going to sell that car. And yeah, it's it's just evolved quite a bit since then, a, a stock 1970 40Z with blown shocks and uh, the it had louvers on the rear actually which didn't last very long. Yeah, I, I remember those. Yeah, I took them off pretty quick, but um, it's it's just like that's like me. That's my car. I use it and um, I race it, 
and I've raced it for over 10 years, you know. But I mean, in fact, basically, I think uh, uh, a week after I bought it, uh, after I fixed the gas gauge, I went to uh, autocross with it with Blunshog. Well, you know, it's like you just said. Don't use any excuse. Just get out and do it. And uh, <laughs> next time you drove that autocross with great new shocks, I'll bet that car handled a little differently. Oh, yeah. So that's very cool. Well, we share something here. I have a uh, car just turned 30 years old this mm-hmm. month, a, a 1987 930 Porsche Turbo. And it's it's metallic orange. And my nickname for that car is Orange Crush. Oh. Name it after a, a drink because it's my Orange Crush, of yeah. course. So. And a 72Z, now, I started my own detailing business when I was 14. That was 1972. And one of my very first clients had, she had just bought a brand new lime green 240Z. Mm. And she let she lived about a block away. She was on my paper route. She was one of my customers. So she let me drive it at 14, which you had to be 16 in California at the time, drive it back to my house. And I remember my mom was so angry with her. She goes, why did she let you drive that car? That's dangerous. <laughs> well, it's just a block, mom. Come on, yeah. give me a break. But uh, I love detailing that car. They're fantastic. How about seller's remorse? Now, you're a young guy. Maybe you don't have an answer yet for this question. Is there a car you've let go that you wish you had back? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I've had quite a few cars over the years. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm sure you're the same way. Like they have to be special in some way, you know, Yes. for you to buy. And the cars that I have now, they're all special to me. And lucky for me, you know, a lot of people who live in cities, they don't get to very many cars, you know, the, the, right. they only get one or two cars at a time. And that sometimes they have to street park. One, one car that I really wish I didn't sell was uh, a mm-hmm. 1991-240SX, five-speed manual, white hatchback. Everything was perfect about that car. It was completely stock, and it had like all of these things that you never see. The thing is, nowadays, you see a 240SX, they're always modified. You know, it's like the whole Jeep syndrome. You never see a stock ever. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So, like... Same thing now with with the the whole drifting popularity and and just um, it being just a at one point a cheap car that you can modify and go fast and have fun with it. It's just you just don't see them anymore, you know. So I use that Chase Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, you name it, you know, Taylor Swift, anyone, all the celebrities. <laughs> I use that as my paparazzi vehicle, and it was fun and it was yeah. fast and I could you know it was slow enough where I could hit red line pretty much every stoplight <laughs> that was the fun thing I actually have pictures of it next to Paris Hilton's Bentley oh so cool basically like you know he, she would uh she would be going she would be going to get gas or going to the club or whatever I would park my car next to hers pictures <laughs> of it. It, was, it was great ah fun fun memories well we're just a few days from the new year here so uh what do you have planned? What's coming up with your business that has you completely excited and really fired up? I'm excited for next year because I, I'm excited to actually be in front of the camera a little more. I I, I realize that a lot of people want to see how I get these photos and, mm-hmm. and what sort of things I do when I'm actually out in the field. And so I'm going to try to self-film more. I want to try to vlog as much as I can uh, and just grow the audience that way. I guess for me, it really, hopefully it'll open up some more doors. You know, I just, I I like cars, car culture, but I also like just doing new things, you know, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that, 
opens the door for new things and I'm just going to do it more. But the good thing is I'm still going to shoot as much as I can shoot the same events that I always cover, which is, you know, starting off the year strong, I'll be at King of the Hammers, which is an off-road race with most grueling off-road races in the world. And, you know, I'll still follow the Formula Drift series as well as um, shooting Pikes Peak. This will be my second year as official photographer, but I've been covering the race since 2011. I, I feel like that race I really can call like one of the greatest races that I cover without a doubt. It's just it, I look forward to going there every year. Yeah, that's yeah. a neat event. I've had uh, several racers of that event from Jeff Zwart, uh, the gentleman who runs the event, and many photographers are on that mountain shooting. So uh, you're in great company with some very talented people. Very fun, very fun. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Larry. If you were a car, what kind of car would Larry be and why? I, I never really thought of that. Um, it's, <laughs> of it's course. It's funny because uh, between my friends and I, we're really big Star Wars fans. And we always wondered, you know, if we were a Star Wars, not character, but if we were a Star Wars vehicle, oh, what yeah. vehicle would we be? You know, so I okay. always thought I, I mean, like, you know, my friends would say, oh, yeah, I would be a TIE fighter because of this. I would be a, a Star Destroyer because of this or whatever. And I always thought maybe I would be a good A-wing because it's like light and fast, but it would just get burned up quick. Because you know, it just doesn't have many. It doesn't have much shields. It's yeah. just like a, a like a uh, something that's quick, nimble, fast, but um, it's destroyed easily. I guess you so. know that's that's really a cool answer. It's one yeah. of the most unique answers I've heard. It is a very awkward question sometimes, and some of my guests don't quite get it right. They they answer it more like, "What do I want to be?" Versus yeah, what I am see. I really as far as being introspective? But I believe you got very introspective there, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So very nice. I, I think that's like a 20-year-old thought that I had or the a, th- a conversation that I had between my friends and I because we were into it yeah. for that long. You know, That franchise, so, oh my it's gosh, disgusting. it's just insane how long that's been successful. Wow. Lucas, yeah. Yeah, because we were around when um, they were re-released in 1997, when we were all in middle school. That's when, you know, it it Mm -hmm. started again. I guess originally it started right in the 70s, and then um, in the 1990s it started again, and then now we're having like third round or whatever, you know. So it's funny because a lot of people that say they're fans, I'm like, eh, I've been into it, you know, for for quite a long time. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just yeah, well, Lucas started there. Wow, what a powerhouse. Well, Larry, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Well, we're into December now, and the holidays are here. And if you have an automotive enthusiast on your list that's hard to buy for, get them a Covercraft gift card. They can go and order anything they want from the Covercraft website. All sorts of things are there, including car covers, dash covers, seat covers, sunscreens, front-end protection, floor mats, canine covers, work truck, power sports covers. There's everything there for the automotive enthusiast to take care of their special vehicles. I've been a Covercraft user since 1975. That's right, all the way back to high school. So go to Covercraft.com, click on the gift card button, order it in any denomination you'd like. You can put it in the mail, they'll ship it for you, stick it in a stocking, and you'll make somebody very happy. That's Covercraft.com, Covercraft gift cards at Covercraft.com. 
What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Larry, we are back and we're entering the last lap. The white flag's out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle, kind of a lightning round thing. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I have to say when my buddies and I started driving and I had a car that was stick, it was a 1994 Nissan Maxima. I didn't really know how to heel toe or like drive a stick properly, you know? So my friends like made it to a, made a point to teach me how to heel toe, teach me how to rev match and all that. And that's just something that I do to this day, I guess. I, I, I have three fun cars and all three of them are manual. Yay. So for me, like that's the thing, you know, like keep manual yep. transmissions yeah. alive, you know, like I feel like that's like a, a, a lost art, I guess, or, or I, I wouldn't say art, but it's just like a, a thing that a lot of automotive journalists that I meet today, they don't actually know how to drive stick, which is kind of tough. I know they shouldn't be allowed yeah. to be a journalist. My goodness. Come on. Yeah. So like for, for me, I mean, even sitting in traffic, it's like the best, like one of the things that I do, I have a manual FJ cruiser when I'm coming back from Mexico. I just recently was shooting the Baja 1000, Mm -hmm. and I use that to chase the Baja 1000. When I'm coming back from Mexico, there's that whatever four-hour line to get (laughs) the know. So I I put that sucker in four low in first gear, Mm -hmm. and it's crawling at like (laughs) half a mile per hour or quarter mile per hour, and I don't have to do anything. I just sit there. It's like the best part of that car, you know, crossing the border. So. Yeah, I drive I drive stick every day, so it's it's fun. Very nice. Yeah. I insisted both my kids first cars be stick shift. They both learned how to drive a manual on my seventy two nine eleven S Porsche because I just said, you know, <laughs> that's gonna be a story you can tell the rest of your life. They both rolled their eyes and said, Wonderful dad. But it actually was a good car for them to learn on because you can slip the clutch clutch nicely and yeah, it's an easy car to learn how to drive a manual on. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you have that you believe has helped contribute to your many successes? One of the things that I always say, you shouldn't bathtub your photos, which is the act of shooting photos at an event or at a meet or whatever, and then not posting them, just leaving them on your computer, and then maybe taking a bubble bath and looking looking <laughs> at them yourself enjoying them for yourself but not actually sharing them 
Ah, so, very so good that's advice. like I that's like, that. like uh, my thing is I see so many people going to these events. They they're they're shooting, but I don't see any of the photos. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where are the photos? You know, I've ever, I've never heard that term in the in the photography world. But, but so like, it's, that's a that's new a one. thing that my buddy uh, Limberg, who's also a photographer, we we basically came up with that because it's like, what do you do with them? Do you sit in a bubble bath just looking at them <laughs> and enjoying them for yourself? Or are you going to yeah. post them? You know, it's so that that's yeah. that's the whole uh, thing. So yeah, no no bathtubbing, please. <laughs> no bath. Oh, that's a new yeah. one for me. I like that. <laughs> now, about a resource, is there a resource that you really enjoy? You think our listeners would like as well? So Patty and um, a couple of the other speed hunters and I have put out a resource about um, car photography and how to improve your car photography. Great. Search speed hunters photography guide you'll find 10 or 15 articles just kind of talking about certain points in automotive photography that just i mean i mean it's not very specific advice a lot of times not like Mm -hmm. settings or whatever but gives you inspiration and it kind of just gives you for me like one of the things i wrote was how to do a car feature you know and one of the pieces of advice that i give is just make sure you have a list of the shots that you want to get for example, front three quarter, rear three quarter, you know, engine bay, interior. Like you have to make sure you check off every single shot because, hey, once you're done with the shoot, you're done with the shoot. You know, you if you want to do a reshoot, yeah. But like if you're missing that shot of a critical shot of let's say side profile of the shot just to show the whole the shape of the car, then mm-hmm. it's just it's not good. You know, like you got to make sure you get all the right shots. And sometimes, you know, you have some limitations if the, let's say, if the car doesn't run, a lot of times I have to shoot cars that don't actually run. I've actually tied a car to my truck with a rope, towed it down the road, do rolling shots of it. Yeah, great. Wonderful resource. I'll make sure I put that on Larry's show notes page on the Carjow website, a link to that great guide. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or photography industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? It, it would be great to have a drink uh, with um, the Steve McQueen of our time, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. which would be Paul Walker or like James ah, James Dean of our time or Steve McQueen. Same thing, uh-huh. right? Um, he, yeah, he, yeah. He really embraced car culture and kind of um, – even though Fast and Furious is super cheesy and as cheesy it is, as it is, as it was, um, as it still is, it's brought car culture to this new generation. You know, after I first watched that movie when it first came out, it just reinvigorated all of us. You know, even though we're all poor high school kids or whatever, we, we really – wanted to be a part of that car culture you know like i feel like that as as corny as it sounds i feel like that really did spark a lot of it and i had no idea i would ever work with him but lucky for me years down the line i did get to work with him i photographed him um, when he was actually doing time attack and when he was actually getting into the real car culture world you know he was traveling the world doing his charity thing, but also like building cars, enjoying cars, driving cars. And one of the things that he was really into was Time Attack. And he actually followed the Time Attack series like 
Redline Time Attack series 2009-2010, and I was actually photographing their team for them. Oh, yeah, cool. so I got to photograph him, I got to meet him, I got to talk to him briefly, but he, he just went too soon, you know, so I, yeah, I yeah. feel like it would be awesome to have a drink with him one more time, whatever, but yeah. uh, I think a lot of people would, too. Yeah, uh, tragic loss early in life, and just a testament to, for goodness sake, do not speed out on the streets, mm-hmm. keep cars on the track, but... I think that would be very interesting, and you're the first person who has uh, said Paul Walker's name, which I think is pretty cool, too. So, And it's great that you did have some time with him. That was very special. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? One of the books that are that have been coming out recently that uh, I think the listeners would really enjoy, the Triple Zero Magazine series. Oh, by Pete Stout. Yeah, Pete Stout's new uh, – yeah. Jeff Swart and um, a whole bunch of awesome contributors and um, people behind the scenes. I was lucky to be able to shoot issue two, the cover of issue two, thanks to Pete and Zwart for that. But um, what what people don't realize is it's called Triple Zero Magazine, but it's actually a book. If you subscribe to it, you'll see every single issue is like a novel. Like there's just so much to read and so much to look at. And I mean, they're usually about 265 pages, but it's, it's just insane to me that it's such an exclusive thing, but not really for the, it's, it's like this exclusive Porsche magazine for the masses. And there's just so much exclusive and unique content in there that you never see anywhere else in the world. Uh, just these, Drawn on napkin sketches, the scanned documents from Parsha, and just all of this writing and really focused content, you just never see it anywhere else in the world. And for me, I'm so lucky to be a part of that whole series. Yeah, yeah. Pete's been a guest here on the show. I've known him for a long, long time. Yeah, that cover was really awesome. You shot that at Thermal, right? That red Porsche? I did. Yeah. I did. The, for me, it's, as I mentioned before, the 65th anniversary issue was a really big deal. But also being number two, which is the combo breaker for me, like issue zero was just work. Issue one was just work. Issue two yeah, was me. Yeah. Great company. Like Great that, company. That, yeah, that, that combo breaker, you know. And, and lucky for me, I get to work with all my friends. All the guys who've been shooting the covers after the fact have been yeah. my friends, you know. I'm just so glad that print is making a comeback. Yeah, it's a great you thing. Know, the, the fact that people will actually pay for this physical object that we spend so much time and effort on, it just makes me happy. Well, when Pete came out with that series, and then, of course, you know what a lot of people said, I looked at the cost and I went, yowza, that's kind of pricey. Um, I always tell my friends who say, I just can't do that. And I say, well, how many car magazines do you subscribe to? How many do you really enjoy? And I, I, at the time, I was subscribing to almost 40 car magazines. Wow. And I was just finding a lot of them I wasn't enjoying anymore because I was already uh, reading stuff I'd already seen online. Uh, the content wasn't that great. Photography wasn't that great. So I canceled probably two dozen subscriptions and used that money to buy Pete's with, you know? Yeah. And then I didn't feel bad and then have to look at my wife and go, yeah, I just paid 200 plus for a subscription to a magazine she's like what <laughs> well it, yeah and it's a magazine that you don't throw away no it's you know? a book it yeah. really is not a magazine you, it's you, a you keep yeah. it and if you go for the premium subscription which is a thousand dollars it's hardback you know comes with a nice metal case um it's one 
really uh, it really is a collector's item you know yeah, and and i sat there i signed 500 of these prints that go in each one of the premium copies mm-hmm. i signed so many of those i started signing other people's names like or I, <laughs> I was supposed to sign larry chen 2017 i started signing larry chen 2012 and 2014 for some <laughs> yeah. reason i don't know when you, you sign that it. many things for that yeah. long just just I don't even know what my name looks like anymore, you know, I know. 500. But but like it, it's just to me it it's one that you actually keep in and with Hot Rod magazine, National Geographic, all these one comes out every month. And w- there are a lot of special articles and special things about each magazine. But the thing is there's just so many ads in them. Mm-hmm. Um with Triple Zero, it's minimum ads. The ads actually kind of add to it. Um, they're 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 like curated, you know, for the magazine. Yes. But the content and and history that that uh, and your guests, whoever picks one up, they will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's a it's a wonderful thing. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Larry has been so kind to share on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Larry Chen, C-H-E-N, and you'll find his page with all these very cool links. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Larry, and this mm-hmm. last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, motorcycle, race car, I don't care what it is, something cool to park in your garage, but I want you to drive it and enjoy it, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other 240Zs with. you got to keep it. So that little trick's off the table. Mm-hmm. I already thought that one through. So, Larry, what's it going to be and why? That's an easy question. I'm sure a lot of people answer McLaren F1 and whatever, 917. There's so many cars that you can get that uh, just say right off the top of your head. For me, it's an easy one. 2000 GT Toyota, basically the most expensive Japanese car. One recently, I think, sold for over a million dollars. Yep. But for me, I feel like that's special in terms of um, the history behind it. Plus, I feel like it's just such a beautiful car. Yeah. Inside, yeah. outside, it's such a beautiful car. And it's not a record-breaking car. You know, it's not like the F1 where it, at one point it was the fastest hot car in the world or fastest accelerating or whatever. This car, it just has the essence of um, a classic car, but it's Japanese built. And yeah. It has the look, it has the feeling, and it just has... The metal is worth the money because of the history and all that versus um, what it could do. Yeah, very cool car. I got to spend a day shooting one of those once and got to drive it and enjoy it. And yeah, very, I'm very impressive. super jealous, by the way. Got to <laughs> drive one. You know, all the years I've been around cars, I'm a little older than you, obviously. So uh, I've had a lot of very cool cars that I've been able to spend time with and drive. And for some reason, I'm a trusting guy. People tossed me their keys. I was at at uh, the racetrack in Florida during the Cavalino event. A guy tossed me the keys to his 250 GT short, or 250 short wheelbase Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that afternoon, I went back to the breakers where we were staying, and there was one parked in the front, and the guy was stepping out. And I said, I just drove one of these today on the track. And he said, well, you want to drive mine? And I drove his. <laughs> it was like, and the guy I was with said, what the hell? Why do people just throw you their keys? I, I don't know. I'm just a just an honest guy. Well, Larry, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you. I'm so 
glad Brian connected us. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Shout listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that 2000 GT? <laughs> I just want to tell people how easy it is to have their own project car. You know, it doesn't need to be an expensive um, brand new sports car or whatever. Any car could be a project car. This morning before coming on your show, uh, I, I put Japanese, I guess, smoker window visors on my Toyota Land Cruiser or uh-huh. Lexus Land Cruiser. Same thing. But uh, just that feeling of putting something on my car. And e- even though it's my family vehicle, you know, it's these window visors basically that allow Japanese people to smoke when it's raining. Yeah. But for me, it's just a cool aesthetic thing. But just being able to work on my car or touch my car or modify it in any way, even though it's such a cheap little thing, just gives me so much joy, you know? So, like, yeah. you could have a $500 uh, project car. I've had those kind of um, not throwaway cars, but like, I. One time I bought a, a convertible 240SX for $700. And for me, that was the most fun thing to just even clean up like somebody spilled like a milkshake in the backseat or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah. that's probably Make why. Make it better. Yeah, that's why it was $700. But like just doing that thing and actually getting my hands dirty. I'm not the greatest mechanic, but I still enjoy working on my cars. You know, so I just work on them to my limit, I guess. You know, I, I like right do the bolt-on things, I'll, I'll change the transmission or clutch or whatever. But beyond that, I'm just hands-off. I'll give it to my buddy, Brian Oldfield, um, who we both know. Um, he rewired yeah. my entire 240Z, and he actually installed a vintage air AC. Oh, cool. 240Z, which is just so awesome. Everyone should just enjoy it to their degree. You know, it could even just be changing your shift knob, you know? <laughs> like, that. that just gives you so much joy. Yes. Yeah. Just putting your hands on something. You know, it goes back to what you talked about at the very beginning of our talk here, and that is get up off the couch and get out there and do something. And you mentioned Vintage Air. I'll throw out Rick Love's name. He's the executive VP of Vintage Air. He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a great company. Well, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow you? You can follow me on Instagram. Just search for Larry Chen. Also, um, you can follow me on my website. I try to post high-resolution 4K photos on my website as often as I can. It's just LarryChenPhoto.com. I mean, you can follow my stuff on the Hoonigan channel, too. I've been doing a lot of work for them, too. So on Instagram and also Hoonigan.com. There you go. Well, listeners, again, I'll make sure I put links to all of these great sources on Larry's show notes page on the Carshow website. Just type Larry in the search bar or Larry Chen at the Carjow website and you will be connected to the incredible photography that this young man is creating for people. It's really cool. Larry, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark, for having me on. This was super fun. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. 
Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!